Welcome to What is Your Bitcoin Story podcast with your host, Gigi. This is a podcast where we explore the fascinating world of Bitcoin through the personal experiences and stories of those who have taken a dive down the rabbit hole. We explore Bitcoin stories with a diverse range of guests from early adopters, miners, traders, and maximalists. So join us on this exciting journey of past, present, and future Bitcoin, one story at a time. Being open source means anyone can independently review the code. If it was closed source, nobody could verify the security. I think it's essential for a program of this nature to be open source. Satoshi Nakamoto. Welcome back to What's Your Bitcoin Story podcast, where we explore the fascinating world of Bitcoin. I'm your host, Gigi, and joining us today is none other but The Balkan, a seasoned and highly proficient multilingual specialist with close to a decade of immersive experience spanning from online gambling, financial markets, and the intricate realm of cryptocurrencies. Through this extensive journey, our guest has not only acquired a wealth of knowledge, but has also gained a keen understanding of what data analysis methodologies, skillfully applying them across a wide spectrum of markets and situations. With a comprehensive understanding of iGaming platform operations, diverse payment mechanisms, and the complexities of the digital distributed ledgers, our guest possesses a holistic and well-rounded perspective of the business landscape they navigate. Today, they have the privilege of tapping into the Balkans' expertise and gleaning insight from their multifaceted journey. Welcome to the show, the Balkan. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Hi, guys. Hi, nice to meet you. Uh, thank you for your invitation, Gigi, and I'm happy to be part of this podcast. Perfect. Well, the, the pleasure is all mine. And um, I guess let's let's kick off the episode with, with the big question. What is your Bitcoin story, the Balkan? My Bitcoin story is pretty simple, right? It started by by chance, like probably most uh, most of the people you meet in your podcast or you've already met. But uh, generally speaking, I was just starting my experience in the financial markets and I joined a regularly small, relevantly small company. And there was a bit like, uh, you know, we were in the process of, uh, of getting some licenses from here and there. And um, I knew that a guy would join us in the future, as in like he would join us in a few weeks time. And uh, the guy was supposed to be our main trader. And uh, I didn't know him from before, but uh, the day he joined um, um, the office and he came basically you know, to work <laughs> with us, um, he didn't even say to me, hi, hello, nice to meet you, right? For his first question was like, do you have Bitcoin? And I was like, well, not yet. And then he started asking me provocative questions like, why do you, why, why, why you don't have Bitcoin? I'm like, because I don't know if I need it. And he's like, do you know something about Bitcoin? I'm like, well, I don't know. And then he's asking like, well, how do you know you don't need it if you don't know much of or something about Bitcoin, right? And so I was looking at him like a bit confused. And then he went to his room and he came back and he's like, man, you need to read the white paper, right? And I'm like, what white paper? I'm like, well, it's nine, ten pages of information and it's easy to read. And almost everyone can understand if you spend some time. And he sent me over Skype uh, the link to the white paper. And so later on, the lunchtime, I was reading the white paper. And it basically clicked, right? So... um, you know, I was listening many times of Mr. Antonopoulos saying that he had a chance to read the white paper for a few times, right? And he had exposure to the to the texts before that until it like suddenly clicked, right? So I guess most of the times the story is like, you know, it's, it just clicks, right? Mm-hmm. So this was the moment that uh, I, I get to know Bitcoin. And uh, two days later, I was asking him to help me to get my first Bitcoins. And what, what what year was that? Ah, man, it was like 2016-ish or 17, something like this. Uh, I can't recall because I, a lot of things happened <laughs> after that point in time. So seriously, but uh, I think it was like uh, between 2016 and 2017, right? 
All right. So, so as you said, your your kind of introduction and 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 journey down the rabbit hole started from a, a very enticing colleague at work. That uh, before him introducing himself, he went straight to the open question: Do you have any Bitcoin? And when you said no, he said, "Why not?" Uh, how how so? How has the journey followed from there on? So I guess, as you said, the next day you you asked him, "How do I get my first Bitcoin?" You got some, and kind of where did the journey lead you from there? Well, um, the the journey actually started there, but uh, the uh, I just want to open brackets here. Um, in b- when I started basically dealing with you know with uh, online monies, right? Because uh, um, I'm coming from the Balkans, as you announced already. <laughs> And um, I had the privilege to live in a student city, right? So the city was not famous with uh, factories or I don't know, like any big um, um, like uh, economics of scale, if you if I can use this uh, this wording. But it was famous with lots of young people living there, um, studying in primary schools or high schools or even universities. So, you know, there was a, a big part of economy of my city was coming from students and from uh, nightlife, basically clubbing, discotheques, bars, working 24-7 and uh, yeah, get, 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 giving you access to, to, to anything you can imagine, right? So you can imagine that in these types of economy, people are trying to find a way to make money, right? Not by just working as a bartender in a specific place or I don't know, like a server in, or a runner in a club or whatever, and get some extra cash for, um, you know, for their student life. And me, myself, uh, I had a chance to um, become a part of a group that were dealing with uh, with online gambling. But it was not just like regular gambling. We were a group of young individuals calling ourselves bonus seekers, right? This was the back of the time when um, the new companies will try to penetrate European markets. And these new companies, they will provide uh, bonuses for each new user that signs up, right? And so we find a way, found a way how to basically abuse these uh, these uh, these new bonuses and basically ending up with cashing out the bonus without losing any monies. And this is basically the time that I started dealing with different payments. Uh, uh, like you know, back in then it was like uh, money bookers. If most of your your podcast listeners probably will remember, but now it's been known as Skrill. But back then it was like the bed and the br- uh, the bread and the butter, plus uh, another platform that uh, eventually died a bit after it's called NetTeller. So these were the first two online wallets that I had direct exposure, and uh, we were running like some serious money uh, from from these. And you know what? Because these type of uh, activities they were um, uh, they, they involved a lot of researching, right? A lot of things that you need to follow on internet. Uh, new terms and conditions for the different companies, uh, different websites, etc., etc. And this was the first moment that actually I I've heard that the word Bitcoin, right? So I remember, I still remember the day that I was reading an article that uh, the mysterious founder of Bitcoin was uh, uh, arrested somewhere in I don't remember what uh, part of the world, and then this means that uh, this uh, this currency is dead. Right, and so this was the first moment this, that catched up, and I was like, "What the what the hell is like? What mysterious founder? What currency? You know, I don't even remember reading about the cryptocurrency, but the headline was that they arrested him, and um, of course I didn't pay attention, right? But a uh, year or two later, one of the companies that um, um, I was happily abusing <laughs> on a daily basis. Um, added new payment method with uh, the, the Bitcoin logo, right? Um, and, um, you know, um, well, man, when I remember about this and I feel sad, at the same time I feel happy because um, I it's still... It's a bittersweet feeling. It's a bittersweet feeling because I still keep my email that I made a registration in blockchain.com. It was supposed to be like 2012, maybe, maybe 11, because this was the most active uh, time that we were abusing. So. Probably one day or one night, um, I wanted to try something, right? So I just uh, went ahead and uh, opened, obviously, a regist- I made a registration in uh, blockchain.com, so I still keep my welcome email from them. Uh, please remind me to send it to you uh, after the podcast. And uh, again, like, I didn't pay attention, okay? I didn't pay attention. And so with this opening, a uh, few years later, after the day that... Uh, 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 the guy came to me and asked me why I don't have Bitcoin. Then basically everything followed naturally, right? 
I was still hesitating though because I got a couple of satoshis uh, with the help of uh, of my friend. I've ordered my first uh, my first uh, ledger device, right? Official from the official website. <laughs> Very important to note about this because, like, few weeks later, a few months later after I received mine, there was already they already started making the scams over Amazon and all the places that they were selling supposedly original ledger devices, and. Um, yes, the next, uh, the next, let's say, milestone came probably uh, a month or two after I got my first Satoshis, right? Um, this was supposed to be, so I remember the price was like 1.6, 1.7K or something like this, maybe. So I can, I can see which year was when I checked the price, right? <laughs> um, uh, and, you know, my wife, she's a, like kind of like a financial expert, let's call it like this. Uh, she's a uh, ch- certified chartered accountant. And when I went home and I explained to her about the guy in my, in my company and how, uh, you know, asking me these questions and what is Bitcoin and what's not. And one week later, I already um, I was already explaining to her what I have or like uh, what I already learned about it and like basically started to selling her right started to orange pill the wife yep exactly <laughs> so uh, well it was not very hard okay because when you discuss this with someone who has experience uh, since like you know since uh, her because she graduated from school like this so she got all these licenses and so basically she was doing this all her life and she knew about the flows in the system that we have uh, and the fiat system that we're using today, right? So it doesn't, it, it didn't took much time from me to sell her the, the to give her the orange peel, mm. right? To which she became um, like, you know, like crazy bullish, right? She started <laughs> like talking to me about all the time, like buy Bitcoin, buy Bitcoin, let's buy Bitcoin, let's buy Bitcoin, let's buy Bitcoin. Almost every week or every time when we had a chance to put some cash in the pockets or put some hands on cash, right? Um, and... Um, Yes, this is basically how we started accumulating. And as far as I'm concerned, we haven't sold yet. Very good. Well, th- th- this is, as we say, it's a marathon, not a sprint, right? So you got to stack, hodl. Mm, I don't think it's a marathon or a sprint, right? I think it's a decision. And uh, if I'm not sprinting or if I'm not in a marathon, then it's a decision that... Um, uh, I want to take care of, right? And I'm ready to, to I'm ready to take care and I'm ready to face my, you know, if, if, if it fails or if it goes good. So, you know, I, 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 I made my own, my, my, my made own choice with the help of my colleague. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, if you don't want to sprint or you don't want to do a marathon, you can always just sit and huddle, right? So th- there's always different options. It is, uh, this is, this is true. Uh, but, uh, you know, there will be a lot of people that uh, will break at, at, at some point, mm-hmm. right? Or there will be some uh, need that will come uh, out of their, out of their control. You know, bad things happen, good things happen. So you never know, right? Yeah. But just to open open comments here, I was almost ready to sell some bitcoins for my wedding, right? Mm. And guess what? My wife, she stopped me. She said no. No. <laughs> well, uh, the Balkan, it sounds like you have a very uh, very smart wife and a very, uh, so to say, pr- persistent and, 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 so to say, safeguarding uh, yes. your, your digital wealth. Yes, I'm very lucky. And basically, before I told her that I'm going on a podcast for bitcoin, and she was like, well... You don't have any bitcoins. And I'm like, okay, so should you go instead of me and you make the podcast then? Because obviously she's the safeguarder. Because you know, uh, if I have, uh, you know, sometimes you know, sometimes people are stupid, right? So, uh, and also uh, from all this, well, sorry, uh, from my experience from before with the gambling, and I saw a lot of people, a lot of people failing, right? And plus, I was running a couple of offline uh, shops in uh, in one of my, in one Balkan country, if I can say that. So mm-hmm. I saw people failing, right? I saw people how people fail. And I saw people how they're trying to cheat the system, right? Being smarter than than uh, than the rest, right? And this is usually a, a recipe for, for failure, in, in my opinion. So um, yeah, I mean, we are still happily holding that's good. That's good. Well, let me touch upon one one thing that you mentioned, cheating the system, right? Like as people have from the beginning of of the legacy markets to this minute right now, you know, pe- people are cheating the system. And maybe this is a, a question I'd like to bring up to you. And espe- essentially, it follows up from 
the infamous Satoshi Nakamoto quote, which we started the podcast with, on the nature of open source and how essentially there is no double spend, there is no manipulation in the transaction. Um, it goes from A to B, and that's it, and everybody sees it. How do you think, is, is that one of the most important and, and kind of valuable aspects of why Bitcoin is today 30,000 or, you know, the, 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 the value that it is? I, to be honest, I don't really care how much Bitcoin costs, right? And I'm not, and at the same time, I'm not the guy who don't come and say, hey, one Bitcoin is one Bitcoin, right? Mm. For me, what, what gives value to my Bitcoins, so maybe for other people, something else, maybe some other people will be looking from a financial perspective. I, of course, I also look at from the financial perspective, uh, perspective but don't get me wrong, but this is not the drive here, right? For me, and the quote that you started with, um, comes to one point, right? For me, Bitcoin is, is how, do, how do I say the word? Uh, Bitcoin is, brings neutrality, mm. right? So it's neutral, right? It doesn't give a, f- it doesn't give a fuck. It doesn't give a shit. <laughs> you can drop that. Yeah, yeah. yeah if it doesn't give a shit, it doesn't <laughs> give a fuck. Whether you're black, whether you're long, whether you're short, whether you're poor, whether you're rich, whether you're in. Uh, in any of the developing uh, uh, countries or you are uh, in the city of London, mm-hmm. right? So it does not, there, there is no borders. And basically this neutrality, right? And this opportunity for everyone to transact or, or from any point in the world, instantaneously, without uh, anyone in the middle, uh, this is what brings value, mm-hmm. right? And I'm sure that every day there are more people realizing that uh, not people like users, but also companies and uh, big, uh, big boys, right? Mm. Big, com- big guys that were on the market for um, hundreds of years, if you, if you, if you, if you would, right? So um, this is what brings value. This is where I think is the is the is the key of the open source, right? Open source meaning everyone can access it, mm. uh, but from a psychological perspective not from technical is again i'm saying the same word uh, is the neutrality that that brings value from my point of view right um if you think for a second not many things that you are dealing with in your daily life um can stay ahead and say it's it's neutral right check your phone everything is based on something and everything is being created by someone and then Yes, you have the chance to use it, but you need to agree with certain conditions, you need to follow certain rules, you need to reject cookies, you need to accept cookies. And, it's, you know, it's like basically like, like what happened on Internet, right? So everyone can post on Internet, right? Or like if you have access, of course, right? But if you have access, you can post something on Internet, right? You can, you can say what you think. Okay, not in every country, <laughs> but uh, you get the point, right? Um, uh, and... <laughs> Um, uh, again, we use one of the analogies that Antonopoulos was using. It's like basically when the when the phone companies died, right? So they didn't want to agree that internet will become bigger and stronger than them, and they should move uh, and build on top of the lines, on top of the fiber lines or whatever you call it. I'm not so technical, mm. and they refused, right? And look at what's happening today. How do you make your phone calls? Right? Where are you going to post this podcast? From the phone company or from online what's built on the internet, right? So they died because they didn't adopt, right? And now every voice call that you have on internet, uh, from like every voice call that you have is going through uh, internet. You stop using local lines. Local lines are used probably okay, again, in a specific part of the world or in some countries without being racist, of course, but you get the point. Yeah. No, I, I, I think this point that you brought up, I would call it maybe not neutrality, but resist, resistance-less technology, right? That there is no someone saying, you know, you can't transact with this person because he lives in this nationality or he has this political views. Essentially having your own freedom to transact with anyone um, at any time for any amount um, is very powerful stuff, especially... What you said, kind of to, to add to, to the internet remarks, um, yeah, you can write anything on, on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, but now, especially now with, with kind of these, these new laws and regulations coming in to, to kind of not have any fake news and, and have kind of preventing people sharing mis- misinformation, you can also get deplatformed and your stuff can get deleted. 
which one thing in Bitcoin, nobody can stop your transaction or revert it back. That's why I think, you know, the future does stand in decentralized um, social media, such as, for example, the Nostra protocol, right, which is built on top of the Bitcoin blockchain, where you run your own relay, you can write whatever you want about anyone you want, and nobody can really take it down. And I think as we move forward, people will start realizing, especially as they fall victim of being deplatformed, well, maybe not deplatformed, but having resistance of what they can see, where they can comment, what they can like. Um, I think at that point, Bitcoin and open source in general will, will play a much bigger role in their lives. Yeah, I can only agree with that. Um, but again, um, you know, uh, having a censorship-resistant uh, system that uh, operates 24 hours, seven days in a week, 365 days in a year, uh, without being anyone able to stop it or decide when to, when to stop and when to go live, basically, is uh, it's one of the one of the very few achievements uh, that we did uh, as a humanity from uh, literally the last ten years, right? I'll, I'm wrapping up everything in a like ten years span, right? Because you know, extending with plus one or minus one, it doesn't make any big difference, right? So, um, yeah. well, yeah, that's. Uh, 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 just to, uh, to finish my thought, uh, I would expect that uh, we will see continuous growth um, in usage. And um, again, if uh, everything works as expected, uh, the, 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 the people using Bitcoin are the amount of people using and transacting with Bitcoin will only go up. Well, uh as they say in the Balkans, from your from your mouth to God's ears. So uh, let's True. hope let's hope that comes into reality. So, okay, now let's touch upon a little bit on on, on your skill set and, and your background, being essentially a, a, a cyber digital analyst and and kind of fraud specialist. Um, on that sense, how do you think? Is there a danger of of kind of transact? You know, using your Bitcoin transactions for anything that you want today, and as we move forward. Um, with surveillance and, you know, the big companies such as the chain analysis and, and whatnot, many of them tracking all, all, all the transactions. Do you think there's a danger that at some point in the future, your Bitcoin transactions could come back, not to haunt you, but to give you a tough time from authorities? Um, to be completely honest, I don't think so, right? Uh, of course, there'll be a lot of people that are crazy, crazy, about like crazy mad about their security and the way that they are what they're doing online right but you know what um from all the years um that i've been on internet and probably i will close now like 20 ish even more right because we okay, even though i'm coming from the balkan countries <laughs> even we had uh, like the mobile the dial up uh, uh the dialed up router that will take like six to seven minutes just to uh, log you into the net, right? Um, I have never, and, and fighting, and by the way, Lev, uh, uh, fighting fraud and uh, scammers all over the world, uh, I have never, and sorry, again, and being my, myself, uh, a, a guy that uh, abuses uh, online uh, companies. Seeing it from both sides. I so. was on the both sides, man, <laughs> for quite a good amount of time, okay? I have never experienced a security breach or someone tried to like you know um knock on your door knock on my door right and uh you know um i'm not very careful but at the same time i'm just using my my basic logic which i guess in this case is enough right yeah. if uh if something rings a bell it usually it's usually bad so i stay away from it okay and plus um you know um uh one thing is transacting with bitcoin one thing, a different thing, it's holding on your Bitcoin, right? So, um, of course, um, you know, uh, you can either hold your Bitcoin or earn Bitcoin by doing things. Mm. And people who are willing to pay you in Bitcoin, okay? And if this comes back to you, um, I don't think something can happen, right? The worst thing that can happen if this comes to you is that you lose your access to the funds, Okay, like still bitcoins, whether you lose your private, uh, your seed, or your wallets, or whatever, right? Uh, but I think they're over exaggerating it. 
Okay, we are still very in the early stage. Plus, if the big boys uh, comes on the market, and you can put anyone you want on the big boys, right? Banks, governments, uh, hedge funds, match funds, whatever you can imagine, right? Whales. How do you think that all those whales are holding on their coins, right? Something, something is obviously like you know something. Is obviously, it's 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 okay. I mean, have you heard of a big whale being uh, asked from authorities so someone knocks on his door? Probably not. No, and I don't think that they are like you know using Tor browsers and routers from uh, uh, five VPNs in the five pl uh, places in the world to transact one Bitcoin from point A to point B, right? People with dormant addresses for what ten years, they wake up the address, they transfer the money to the exchange, and they sell. Mm. And and it, it it happens all the time, right? I mean, a month ago there was a dormant address who was sleeping for what for seven eight years, right? Yeah. So the guy wakes up, he opens the wallet, and then he sends the money to the exchange and it sells, right? And he will sell, sell these monies. What he will do with them, I don't care, right? I'm looking at the point that he takes the Bitcoin out from his wallet, sell it, and then, you know, the world of crypto, the, is kind of, I had my wife uh, uh, taught me about it. Uh, welcome to the fun world of cryptocurrencies or financial markets or gambling, you can use anything you want, but it's a fun world indeed. So once you get rid of your coins, then you can take all the shit coins or any coin that you have on the other side and do whatever you want. Mm. But let's keep it Bitcoin only because you started with this question and obviously the podcast is named that. So let's don't, uh, yeah, let's don't Interfere spend with Yes, 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 yes. I have my own opinion, but uh, really, if you make a, what is your uh, uh, shit coin story, then you can call me again for a new podcast. <laughs> Maybe in another life, but we'll, we'll stick to what, what's your Bitcoin story. But that's a very interesting thing that, that you picked up. And especially, I mean, I don't know if it's the, the tin hat moment, but a lot of people are very paranoid about, oh, I need to, especially coin joining. It's, it's been picking up a lot, of, a lot of hype lately, and a lot of people are looking into coin joining. And even, you know, to, to some Bitcoin meetups that I've attended, people were very adamant on, you know, I have... And proudly saying, I, I am proud to say I have non-KYC Bitcoins on my cold storage, uh, basically proclaiming that CoinJoin is a must for any Bitcoin maxi or, or just well, lover. Wait, 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 wait a second. So we started with the open source um, uh, uh, a team in the first the beginning of the podcast, right? Correct. Now, point one. Point two is that what brings value that we discussed again in yeah. our podcast, what brings value is that it's open source and anyone can access it, access right? It, yeah. So the power uh, or the advantage of this uh, system, right, comes from the fact that anyone can see, verify, and check what you've done, mm. right? And this is what brings the, the neutrality that, okay, you can do not agree. Maybe the wording is not proper. I was thinking on my way to you what type of word I would use uh, to describe it, but the censorship resistance, right? Mm. How this censorship resistance works is when everybody is putting uh, their bread on the table so everyone else can see it. Yeah, so yeah. why at the end you try to use some, you know, mixers or whatever you, you, whatever you, you, you call coin it. Coin join mixers, whatever. Coin thing. join, coin <laughs> join, doesn't matter, right? So when I transact on, my Bitcoin, on the Bitcoin network, right, even my, if my Bitcoins was not KYC or if they were, okay, for me, it's pretty normal, right? The, 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 the system was built for you to make, create your own address mm -hmm. and send Bitcoin to your friends, to your wife, to your girlfriend, to your lover, whoever you want, right? Yeah. So why would I want to go and hide it when the power of Bitcoin becomes that it's open source and everyone can see it? That's a very good point. Well, disclaimer, I, I, I don't use any coin joins. Um, but even if you use, I mean, I what's, mean what's your take on this? I mean... Well, my take on is um, I'm still in the discovery stage on is, is there a good use down the line? Um, I mean, on the sense of, you know, perhaps not everywhere in the world, but as, as you've mentioned, some, some governments are a little bit more, uh, how could you call it? Not strict, but a little bit more authoritarian. Okay. And for example, in the year of 2030, 2040, whatever it is, or maybe never, they may say, you know, you need to basically provide, um, what's the word, um, disclose your Bitcoin holdings, yes, right? Yes, this will mean that they already recognize this as uh, 
as something that is of a value. Correct. Which sooner or later they will, yeah, well, right? Will. But but going back to to the, to the question why I asked you this and, mm -hmm. and kind of the the, the importance of it, um, and and also in, in in my understanding of is it a good thing or not, in this case scenario that the the country that you live in in the next 20 years says you need to disclose your Bitcoin or there will be, I don't know, financial penalties or criminal penalties or whatever they choose to do. Mm -hmm. um, and you don't disclose it. And then through, of course, the open source um, ledger, they can see essentially Mr. Balkan holds X amount of Bitcoin in mm -hmm. his cold storage. Mm -hmm. Well, in that case, kind of what's your defense on it? And, and isn't this kind of the reason that a lot of people are afraid of of keeping their identity, you know, they bought their coins from whatever, the Binances, the KuCoins, the FTXs, the whatever, where they verified their identity, bought the Bitcoin, withdrew it, and now they're kind of questioning, oh, what if there's going to be some, I don't know, backlash in the future where I'm not disclaiming them anywhere, but I'm holding them, and of course, everybody can check. What's your opinion on that? Well, um, I think my opinion is a bit controversial here, right? Why? Because... Uh, the idea is that I'm holding Bitcoin because it has value for me, okay? I, I, I think that uh, I can use my Bitcoins in the future for something uh, that uh, do some work for me, like whether paying someone for a job, right, or buying something with them when I decide that I want to buy something with them, okay? So... Most of the people will say, "Ah, okay, Bitcoin, digital gold. You holding, you are holding like a, like you are holding a pack of gold, blah blah blah, whatever." No, no, absolutely not, right? I'm holding because I believe that someone in the, f I will need them in the future. Mm. For what reason? Where? Why? I don't know yet. Mm. Okay, what will be the financial value? I don't want to discuss this. I think the, there is no point. Uh, uh, that's why we, you see, we haven't uh, touched base on this. Um, the point I'm having is that in 10 years, if the government comes to me, whatever the country is, right, and the government comes to me and I said, I need to disclose my bitcoins, right, well, I'll be more than happy to do that. Think for a second, right, I'm disclosing my bitcoins to the government, they're giving some papers, I'm signing these papers, and then what can happen? They can take my bitcoin. No, they can't, number one. Number two, uh, they will uh, impose a fine or something. Who? Okay, I'll pay the fine. And then what? I'm still keeping the bitcoins, right? And it's not like like uh, you know obsessive holding. It's because I'm I I I, I, I fight a lot about my bitcoins and I spent a, lot, a good amount of efforts uh, um, to obtain them and to get to them, right? And so um, I will do everything possible possible to, to keep protect to protect them. Okay, and if the government says that it will be on my side if I disclose them, well, I don't see a problem here. Right. Yes, we're always saying that the decentralized nature of the coins. Uh, yes, I agree. I, I got my coins through a decentralized sources. Right. In few cases, in few cases, I was paid. In some cases, I was KYC. Right. But at the end of the day, right, we live in a digital uh, in a digital space. We are fully digital. OK. Our kids will be totally, completely out of the real world. I can, I can, I can, I can. Uh, cyber kids. Our cyber kids, right? <laughs> the iGen is already happening, yeah. right? The iGen is already happening. Uh, um, so, why would you like to hide it? I mean, the basic idea, or at least in the Balkan countries, is that if you are hiding something from somewhere, so there is some other context. There is a story You've done something it. dodgy. You have done <laughs> something dodgy. You killed someone or you fought with someone and you take his bitcoins. And um, and that's it, right? So I didn't do that. Okay. Yes, maybe there are people who did that. And of course, these old jo uh, mixers, joiners or whatever, there is a thousands of ways you can hide them. Right? I don't say hide them. And I don't say, man, just go ahead and knock on the tax office and tell them, guys, I have Here's my, my ledger. Here's my ledger and my transactions, right? Oh, and they, if they ask me, probably I can show them like, what, 10,000 pages of PDFs and transactions that I did on any exchange, if I was trading it or if I, uh, whatever, you know, like the guy who sent, like, sends every year uh, one gazillion uh, pages of uh, his crypto transactions <laughs> to... Uh, to um, uh, USA tax authorities for them to investigate how many bitcoins he had and which of them is gain profit so he needs to report them and pay the taxes on. 
Well, so I keep it on a balance, right? I try, mm. to keep, I keep, try to keep it balanced, right? Probably my motivation will be different if I'm in a different part of the world, yeah. right? Uh, where where the privacy is zero and you are basically living, what, 1984 of George Orwell. Yeah. Then probably my Like Chinese today to a certain extent. Well, yeah, why not, right? So then the, this will change the motivation. So mm. my point here, if you didn't do nothing bad to get your bitcoins and you've been asked from someone with a higher authority and be sure that he will sign you a paper that you're good to go, mm. then I don't see a reason why you would, you would not do that, right? And the opposite, if you are in a country where you feel not safe of your privacy and of your rights, then man, you should run, you should, uh, run and you should uh, try to find a way to uh, keep them hidden from everyone. Okay, that's my point. That's that, that's a very good answer. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you. That if you know, if if there's nothing to hide, if if you obtained your bitcoins lawfully, I mean, you as you said, you haven't, God forbid, killed someone, but I mean, you haven't stolen them, you haven't, you know, fr- did any scams to to acquire them or hacked, you know, certain systems. There there shouldn't be any worries. So, I guess from from this conversation that 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 we had right now, um, I guess the next time someone advises me to coin join my Bitcoin, I'll follow up with a question, what did you do wrong to get your Bitcoins, you know, because... Uh, makes perfect sense to me, right? I, I mean, guess that there shouldn't be any, and, and, and I actually agree with you on the point that you said the whole ethos and the whole, if you read the white paper, the fact that it's open source, that everybody, everything is verifiable by everyone is one of the biggest principles and, and, and powers that give Bitcoin. So why should you, you know, lose your trace and, and then... God forbid there's also another scenario in the future where, you know, countries accept Bitcoin, they hold Bitcoin and you can pay your taxes or whatever, any government services in Bitcoins. But then if you pay with Bitcoins that have been coin joined, they might not get accepted. And then you have to be explaining why have you coin joined this, that. There's a lot more answering to do than yep. getting them legally and yes. just saying, here, I bought them on Binance in 2018. Yeah. Thank you very much. much. Yeah, thank you very much. What do I need to sign? Yeah. Right. And you're right. If something goes wrong with your coin joint uh, coins in yeah. the future, you could be you can find yourself in a in a bigger mess. Mm. Right. So you can end up of not being able to use them at all. Yeah. Right. And you spend a lot a good amount of energy to get them. It doesn't matter what type of uh, of a way they found to get them. Mm. And then you end up with, without being because you know they'll be they'll be marked, they'll be color coded yeah. or whatever you call it, yeah. right? Yeah. And then you try to send sell them somewhere. Or you try to buy something with them, red flags, like bam, bam, <laughs> bye bye. Well, that, that 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 was a very good point. Um, I guess uh, let's let's. I have one more question that I wanted to run past sure. you. Um, it's it's along the lines of uh, layers two. So as we know, for the last so to say six, seven, eight years, there've been a lot of layer two developments on top of Bitcoin. Because even though it was introduced by Satoshi Nakamoto in the white paper as the peer-to-peer cash, but kind of, in my sense, it's become more of a store of value than kind of daily peer-to-peer payments. But there was an evolution, especially with the introduction of Lightning, which I believe Lightning's been around for now, poof, some five, six years. It's not something that popped up last quarter, yeah. uh, but it's still, to a certain extent, in, in kind of the development phase and still early stages. But what is your experience with Lightning, um, if you have an experience, and, and what is your thought in general of, of the Lightning Network? Uh, okay, where should I start from? Um, my experience with Lightning, good. My experience with Lightning uh, was that I was feeding chickens, <laughs> right? So some guy developed a wallet that uh, every time you send uh, um, uh, some, a few sats, a few sats um, there was also a live video uh, on his chicken farm, and there was a machine on the top of the you know of the ceilings of the, of the chicken farm. And every time you sent uh, a satoshi or two, whatever the machine will auto open and they drop some you know some some food for the chickens. <laughs> so you send sats, and you're literally watching live how the, the chicken starts eating. eating. Yes. No, this is good. This is my experience with Latin network. <laughs> Wait, so um, I'm not joking. I mean, like, you're low. I believe you. Uh, yes. Good thing that you're not uh, video, video us because no, the guy was looking at me like he was not believing me, I think. <laughs> uh, you can cut this anyway. Um, but I'm not joking, right? 
I was working in uh, I was working for a one crypto startup company and uh, basically there was a guy who was like pretty much obsessed with uh, with Lightning Network, but mostly from a from a financial and uh, and um, psychological perspective rather than from technical, mm. right? And I'm always more keen for technology as in like you know I want to know how the things work, I want to know how um, um, how the the code or the machine is operating and they are like basically uh, speaking to each other. And when I checked first time uh, uh, Lightning Coin, it was pretty easy for me to understand, right? Opening a channel between two people, they transact whatever they want and how much they want. Once they close the channel, the transaction gets on the Bitcoin, gets dumped, and then you have like the starting balance and ending balance for each of the parties, right? Pretty much straightforward, which, which does make sense to me, okay? Uh, it does make sense to me, and I've been following the um, the increase of the amount that's been stored or let's say transacted uh, over the Lightning Network and the nodes that are being created, and I know that it's always uh, in, in 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 always increasing. Mm. Okay, so obviously there is a there is a usage, but I'm not sure if this usage is actually of any practical usage or it's just people experimenting with uh, the layer two, right? Now, to the question, uh, yes, uh, Satoshi described the uh, Bitcoin system as a digital peer-to-peer -peer network, okay? A peer-to-peer -peer network that can give you a chance to transact value, right? 90% of the people, I bet my uh, 10 Satoshis that 90% of the people, they don't even know that they don't transact Bitcoins, right? They think that they have the Bitcoins in their wallets, okay? So they, he, the guy thinks that, oh... I will, I will open my ledger device and I'll find some bitcoins in there, right? And then I'll decide to send these bitcoins to Binance and head in his head, right? In his head, he thinks that he had some digital bitcoins in his ledger right. and then he sends them to Binance. And for him, this is like a done transaction, right? Mm -hmm. Now, explain to these people that the bitcoins are not in a wallets, right? But your cold storage is a signing device. And, uh, yes, it's a signing device. And basically, you just sign a transaction for this specific Bitcoin that goes from here to there. But the Bitcoin doesn't move at all, right? Just the ownership of the coins moves. But now try to explain this. Uh, no, try to explain the principles of Litecoin to a guy like this. Lightning Network. Yeah, try to explain Lightning Network to a guy like this, right? I mean... He don't even know what he's doing with his current stage of mind and Bitcoin and whatever he's doing, trading, uh, day trading, bot trading, crypto trading, whatever you call it. Okay. Now try to explain him that he can open a channel, right? A channel with, with, with his wife. Let's get again the wife example, right? <laughs> so he opens a wife, his channel, right? And then he's supposed to send some Satoshis for her, right? And so first of all, he opens a channel that's on the Bitcoin blockchain, that he thinks that he's sending bitcoins from point A to point B, right? And then he needs to open a channel. He needs to transfer, again, coins from point A to point B, okay? So it's kind of like signing ownership of Satoshis on top of the first initial signatures of ownership. So it's like, an, you know, like a, a hole in the hole, mm. right? And then he sends these Satoshis like 10,000 times or one gazillion times, right? And he'll be checking his balance on his uh, wallet and he'll see, oh, okay, my Satoshis are here. Or his wife will check, oh, yeah, I received my Satoshis, right? So this guy will be transacting for a year or, or half a year or two years or whatever, right? And at some point, he will close the channel. Eventually, they'll end up with the same balances from, you know, in, 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 in Alice and Bob, right? Yeah. And so for him, it doesn't matter if he will be using Bitcoin blockchain to send money to Binance or he will use Latin network uh, or open a channel in Latin and send money to his wife. So what I'm trying to say here is that, uh, again, very early, number one. Number two, uh, main issue I have is always, it's been like this for day one from day one and it's still happening because we can't run from this, is the uh, ease of use and the accessibility, right? You need something that's easily clickable, but when it's easily clickable, then it means that there's a lot of people, organizations, or meet, meet guys that are sitting and waiting for their piece of the pie. Because if it's easy, then someone else had to do the, the, the heavy lifting and the heavy work for you, okay? Which means that if you do something easy and the guy needs to click here, click there, and the deposit or the transaction is done, 
then someone else behind this is doing the heavy work. Mm. Okay, basically the same like in the traditional systems, right? Because in the fiat systems, um, you know, when you send money to your mother in another country or to your father or to your, I don't know, your sister, whoever, right? The moment you initiate the transaction, whether being like, uh, you know, um, from your mobile uh, bank wallet or from your, you know, web version or whatever, right? When you initiate a bank transfer, even if it's in SEPA or it's a SWIFT from somewhere else, in Nepal or whatever you call it, there is a bunch of people uh, and organizations on every step, uh, sometimes up to three or four uh, providers, intermediaries, right? intermediaries that says from you, be, be, from, be, um, from you and the settlement bank, which in the national is a SWIFT, uh, international SWIFT bank. So there is like few intermediaries from you to the bank, and then on the way out, there is another few intermediaries there before the money arrives to person X. We always discuss this in Bitcoin meet meetings and, and you know and, and, and chat rooms and whatever, but nobody asks the question why are they there? What is their purpose and why they've been installed there? And how these organizations are getting in between who gives them the license and the the, the right and authority to be there. Nobody asks this, right? We always come there and say, ah, hey, man, you know, if you're transacting a uh, SEPA transfer or if you're transacting uh, like an international uh, transfer, there's like five people sitting there. You have payment positive providers, you have card acquired, then you have the bank, then after this again, you have the bank, and then you have the card acquired and PSP and another payment provider until the money gets in, right? And we all know that, but nobody asks the question, why are they there? So why are they there? They are there. Okay, to do the heavy lifting. Okay, mm. so the first layer of defense, when you go and you make a transaction with your car, then it goes through a payment service provider. Payment service provider is checking if the card was good, if the name of the card that's been uh, like licensed to or like stamped in the, I don't know, it's visa. Or, yes, or, because usually how it works, uh, it's a card and you have your name on the card, right? Then you have an address that's been associated with the issues of this card. And then when you go and you make an online transaction and then you put your numbers of the card, okay? If there is a name, uh, uh, if, you know, if there is a, if, if you add a wrong address, okay, it will immediately... Um, uh, not declined, but it will uh, red, red, red alert for the fraud team, right? Visa and MasterCard, they don't give a fuck about the names, <laughs> right? So... You can basically use any name you want. Satoshi Nakamoto. You can use Satoshi Nakamoto and the transaction will go through. Okay? <laughs> Why? Because they are checking the verification of the number with the address and CVV. Mm. Okay? So only when only when there is a red flag or the card is issued from uh, from Zimbabwe and you are trying to make a transaction, uh, uh, withdraw cash from City of London, withdraw uh, GBP or whatever, then there will be an issue. Okay? I've been, I've tried this many times, don't worry, right? So they don't give a fuck about the name. So your name on the card doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Okay, usually gives an extra score to a transaction. So there's a, a total score of a transaction, right? So what I was trying to say is that all these people on the way to the, to, to, from the transfer to the end of the transfer are doing the heavy lifting, right? They will check you, they will, then they will check and they will, after you've been good with your money, they will move forward and they say to the acquiring bank, right? The acquirer or the acquiring bank will be will be someone that's bigger than the local payment service provider, right? So they will check if the money that comes from the PSP are good before they send them to the international bank, right? Once the international bank gets them, then obviously they're good from your end. They coin join a little bit. They coin join a little bit and then they move ahead and they move <laughs> forward with the monies, right? And what happened on the other side is that the same amount of, probably the same amount of uh, intermediaries will do the same uh, process until the money gets to the uh, final person, right? So, again, go in your shop, uh, in your local shop, get your Visa card or your watch and pay your transaction with, from your uh, watch, iWatch, yeah? Apple iWatch. Apple iWatch, or whatever, Garmin, or I don't want to make advertisements here, but you get the point, right? So you think that you're super cool that you go in the shop and you're smashing your watch on the POS machine and then it flashes like transaction good, you're good with the money, you get your uh, shopping and then you go home, right? And that's only stage one of that transaction going through, This right? is only st uh, stage one and in order for you to be able to do this with your watch on your hand, mm. then it means that someone else on the, all the way down to the rabbit hole does the heavy lifting, mm. okay? So, yes, this is an issue what we have in Bitcoin, 
okay, because hunting apps, you know, or wallets that it just like, you know, you go there and just click and that's it, done. Wallet of Satoshi. Wallet of, <laughs> wallet of Satoshi. Makes it much more simpler, no? <laughs> Lightning or on-chain <laughs> transactions, <laughs> instant. Oh, man, come on. No man. middle parties. Man, imagine the new guy that goes and buys a ledger now, right? He opens and then he needs to choose the Bitcoin uh, version, right? You have segregated witness. You have the uh, lock. Uh, you have tap the, root. Uh, yes, taproot. You have the, the classic one. And I, what he's lost there, right? He don't know what's going on. He don't even know that Bitcoin doesn't move from wallet to wallet. And then he's supposed to choose his network. Come on, mm-hmm. right? But again, Spider-Man quote with the, what, with the... Spider-Man? Uh, yeah, I will tell you, the, 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 the guy was like saying to the Spider-Man that with the, with the, with the, um, oh, with the, um, with the, with the higher skill, uh, it's, um, with the higher skill, it's a bigger, how the Take your time, take your time, we can cut this part, so yeah, take your time. I mean, the guy was like telling to the Spider-Man that, um, with, uh, with, uh, M- more responsibility, yes, more, yeah, yeah, more yeah, yeah. responsibility, yes. there is more something. Yes, with the skills or with the, with the, with the strength, there's more responsibility, something like this, along those lines, right? And more power, more responsibility. Yes, something like this, right? Okay, that's it. So it's it, the same, same, uh, same thing. Concept applies same, here. Same term, yeah. If you own your money, then obviously your responsibility is, uh, you need to double the effort. So on that note, what is one advice you would leave our uh, beloved listeners with taking away from the conversation that we've, we've had today, which was, to me, fascinating, and I hope everybody else got some education from it, but um, what is one tip you would leave them with? I will leave one tip, okay? Don't spend your Bitcoins freely. Think twice before you decide to buy something online, okay? Think twice uh and take good care of them if you want to hide them hide them if you want to uh go ahead and show them to everyone show them it's your it's like both both cases are good okay but the top advice don't spend them freely think twice before you move ahead and you order some from a shitty website selling you uh, stuff uh, for uh, bitcoin very good well i hope you guys took note of that stack and hold, don't spend I didn't say stack, right? Don't uh, change my advice, okay? You can stack, you can spend, but just think twice before you spend them. There we go. Well, I won't repeat that. Let, let the Balkan's words uh, ring in your ears. And once again, the Balkan, thank you so much for taking the time to, to come on the show today to share your story, your opinions. Thank you for inviting me, and um, yeah, I hope your listeners um, will enjoy uh, as much as I did. <laughs> I hope so too, and yeah, we'd, we'd love to have you in the future. Maybe, maybe we, we can even do a special couple uh, podcast sometime in, in, the, in the future years to, to, to get uh, the both sides, of course, the custodian as well, right, from what we understood, <laughs> uh, to, to, to make an appearance on the show. But yeah, once again, yeah. it was a pleasure having you, and guys, um, thanks a lot for listening as always. Make sure to follow and share, um, of course, the episode with your family and friends. Let's try an orange pill, um, everybody one episode at a time. And thanks again, and we'll catch you on the next one. All the best, the Balkan. Thank you, guys. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of What Is Your Bitcoin Story podcast. Remember to subscribe and share with your friends and family. For more valuable Bitcoin resources, visit our website at whatisyourbitcoinstory.com. Keep stacking sats, stay safe, and spread the Bitcoin over.